Welcome or welcome back to Pre-R of Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And this one is going to look a bit at potential strategies for the rest of the 2021 season. Potential strategies for the rest of the 2021 season. And I don't know if the Cubs will use any of these potential strategies. They might. They might not. They make sense to me, though. Um, Quite a few people will talk about how a team should have the 25 or 26 best available players on the roster at all times for competitiveness sake or whatever reasons. You know, what whatever someone's phraseology is works with me. I have no problems with it. But having the 26 best players on the roster is not necessarily the best idea is not necessarily the best idea because roster rules apply. Roster rules apply. Um, and I'll, I'll use Rafael Ortega for a wonderful example. Back, roll the clock back, what, three weeks? Jack Peterson was the Cubs starting center fielder generally. Some people liked him, some people didn't, you know, whichever, whatever. But Jack Peterson should be the starting center fielder because, after all, we know who he is. And he's Jack Peterson, so he's got to be the starting center fielder, especially against right-handed pitching. The Cubs decided to trade Jack Peterson to Atlanta for a prospect, Bryce Ball. And by trading Jack Peterson, they had no center fielder. You know, Ian Happ or whoever, but... They decided to plug in Rafael Ortega in center field because why the heck not? See if he's any good. Is he any good? Well, he can't be because he's never played much at the major league level. Well, apparently that's not a prerequisite for being able to be capable of playing major league baseball. The Cubs decided we are going to try out Rafael Ortega, see if he's worth keeping. So far, he's done okay. Does that necessarily mean he will be fantastic for the rest of his career? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, but the Cubs decided, let's try players who we have who we have control of for a long time. Are you familiar with parking in Chicago? Are you familiar with parking in Chicago? Sometimes people will, you know, uh, they have a nice spot, nice parking spot right in front of their house or their apartment or their whatever. And as they are leaving, they'll put like a lawn chair or something a bit heavier than a lawn chair, something that you're not going to be able to move like a lawn chair. But, you know, something along the lines of a lawn chair, except more like a safe lawn chair, kind of a safe kind of a thing. They call it IBS. I have rights to this parking spot. I have rights to this parking spot. Now, a lot of people don't like IBS. They think that if you're going to be driving away, 
leave the parking spot open. And if somebody else takes the parking spot, more power to them. But some people believe in ibs. I'm not going to take a stance on ibs or not in parking, but as of mid-July, the Cubs had ibs on Rafael Ortega. They decided, let's, let's trade Jack Peterson away, plug in Rafael Ortega, and see if he is worth a 40-man roster spot in 2022. They've done the same thing earlier with um, Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, let's plug this guy in. See if he's not good. Everybody else is hurt. I don't play this guy. Hey, he's not horrible. Hey, he's actually hitting home runs. Hey, he's one of the better players on our team. Let's keep him around. Especially since he's going to be league minimum next year. Tommy Nance was not necessarily a popular call-up. But once he started doing well, people were fine with him. If a team has ibs on a player, they might as well try him out. Especially a player who... Would have would probably go elsewhere otherwise. So the Cubs claimed Frank Schwindel on waivers. They played him in Colorado in game one on Tuesday. Is Frank Schwindel going to be worth keeping? This is me shrugging. I have no idea. I have my doubts, but Right now, games are rather cheap. If Frank Schwindel plays, and oh my goodness, because Frank Schwindel was in that game, the Cubs lost that game because Frank Schwindel was in that game. So it goes. So it goes. Games are very inexpensive now. Games are very cheap right now as far as, not not, not as far as attending, but as far as if the Cubs end up losing a game because of a blunder, the repercussions for having done that, they're not very severe. It's really not very costly now for the Cubs to lose a game because they took a gamble on a player. So, Frank Schwindel, you're going to take a look at. Just like Rafael Ortega. They're taking a look at Patrick Wisdom. They're taking a look at. Are there other players in the Cubs pipeline that are worth taking a look at? Dakota Meccas may be a Rule 5 selection next year. You never know. He might be. He might not be. It may be of interest for the Cubs to take a look at Dakota Meccas if things happen and there's an open roster spot, etc., etc., um, some people want the Cubs to look at Ben Leeper in 2021 because after all, Ben Leeper is doing really well. So it would be really fun to add Ben Leeper to the roster. Now, the Cubs may add him, but it's really counterproductive for the Cubs to add Ben Leeper in 2021. He may do well, he may add things, he may answer a couple of questions, he might make himself better for 2022, he might, he might, he might, he might, or he might not, and the Cubs would have taken up a 40-man roster spot. 
And there have been a number of times here in the past 12 months that the Cubs have gotten into a bit of a 40-man roster spot bind, and they've lost players because of it. Dwayne Underwood comes to mind. Scott, uh, James Norwood comes to mind. Players who they really didn't want to let go of, but they had to make a 40-man roster spot move. They had to designate someone for assignment, and somebody went away. If the Cubs are adding a player to the 40-man roster in 2021, there should be a specific and necessary reason for it in almost every case. Two more names to consider. Adrian Sampson has been the best starting pitcher in Iowa in 2021, at least recently. Not necessarily at the start. If you look at his entire season's worth of work, the numbers aren't that pretty, but in the last 30 days, his ERA is like 3.45. And I don't think that includes his start last night when he gave up Bupkus. So, no, that that wasn't uh, Adrian Sampson last night. That was Joe Biagini. So, Adrian Sampson's ERA in the last 30 days, 3.45. That's pretty darn good for AAA. If the Cubs end up needing a starter in Chicago in August or September or October, adding Adrian Sampson would make sense because, first, he's here. You know, he's in Iowa. It's not that hard. Just have him fly over with somebody else on the plane, and he's in Chicago. Um... And if they don't call him up, if they don't try him out, then they will have to decide in the offseason, well, is he worth giving a 40-man roster spot to? And the default will be, well, no, don't give him a 40-man roster spot because we didn't even care enough about him last year uh, in 2021 when a roster spot was cheap and losses didn't matter. We didn't even try him out then, so why keep him now? If the Cubs give Adrian Sampson four or five or six starts in 2021, it should probably be somewhat obvious if he should have a roster spot for 2022. Maybe yes, maybe no. I have no idea. I'm clueless. Because what a player has done in AAA does not directly translate as we might expect to Major League Ball. Some players do better at the Major League level. Some players do worse at the major league level. Usually they do worse. But if Adrian Sampson gets four or five or six starts at the major league level, then the Cubs might have to uh, at least contemplate, hmm, maybe this guy should be on the roster. And, of course, fans being fans being fans, I've never heard of Adrian Sampson. He's terrible. Come out, bring him in, use him in a game, pitches five innings, gives up one hit, one run, no walks, six strikeouts. This guy is the best thing in the world. And neither one is an accurate statement. But uh, fans tend to be biased toward players who they are familiar with, as am I. So let Adrian Sampson have a couple of looks at the major league level, because then the Cubs will have a better idea on if he deserves a 40-man roster spot over the offseason. One other minor league player 
who probably deserves a look at the major league level. Ethan Roberts has just been called up to AAA. His first day in AAA was yesterday. Today, Iowa has a doubleheader. Today, Tennessee has a doubleheader. I'm guessing maybe in one of those two games, Ethan Roberts will play for Iowa. So, why Ethan Roberts over Ben Leeper? I am rather vocal about saying I do not want Ben Leeper to be added to the 40-man roster unnecessarily, and I think it would be unnecessary to add him because if you add him, he is unnecessarily taking up a 40-man roster spot, and that would prevent him from playing in games next year if there is a lockout. So if Ben Leeper is added to the major league roster because, hey, I want to see this guy and he's doing really well and I'm jealous because I Cubs have a better bullpen than the Chicago Cubs. Well, if you do that, okay, fine. But you're going to very possibly prevent him from being able to play next year. I think I would rather have Ben Leeper be playing next year. Um, I think he's had a little bit of location trouble here recently. Possibly that could be because this is the longest season of baseball he's ever played. And him getting through September into October would probably be helpful for him regardless which level. And if he is playing in... September into October, even in AAA, that should help him for 2022. And one of the things that is important for pitchers adjusting from the amateur ranks to the major league, major league or minor league ranks is the length of the season. Instead of a 56-game college season, it's 120, 160, and... Ben Leeper being able to play an entire 2021, an entire 2022 might really help him in 2022, 2023, 2024. I would not recommend calling up Ben Leeper. However, Ethan Roberts is Rule 5 draft eligible this offseason. So... If the Cubs' mindset is either we'd better take a look at him at the major leagues to decide, at the major league level, to decide if Ethan Roberts ought to have a 40-man roster spot, that's one mindset. Should he have one, we'd better look so we can decide if he deserves one, which is kind of along the lines of what I'm saying with Adrian Sampson. Or the other option is, we're going to protect him anyway. We're going to protect him anyway, so we might as well take a look at what he is, at what he does, so we know what is on the way. Ethan Roberts makes a whole lot more strategic sense than Ben Leeper. Because if Roberts is going to be added either way, if something happens with uh, work stoppage, he's not going to pitch anyway. If something happens with, um, you know, th if there's a strike, if there's a lockout, 
Ethan Roberts will not be able to participate if he's added to the 40-man roster, irrespective of if he gets called up in August or September. The games from now until the end of the year, if you're calling up a player, strategically there should be a reason for it. I want the Cubs to call up, insert player here, because, insert reason here, Greg Dykeman, who was added in the trade with Oakland for Andrew Chafin, Greg Dykeman is already on the 40-man roster. Greg Dykeman is already on the 40-man roster. After he gets a certain number of looks in Iowa, he will probably be ready to get called up to the major leagues. And the way they've timed it, he's not going to be directly taking over for anybody. So it's not going to be a case of, well, they made the trade with Anthony Rizzo and brought up Greg Dykeman. No, no. When they traded Anthony Rizzo, they brought up Frank Schwindel. Quite often, when a player directly follows someone else, there are some biases. I don't like this person because they replaced that other person. I understand that. I get it. I understand it. Um, very emotional, not especially logical, but very understandable. After, oh, in about a week or two, week or two, I would not be at all surprised if Greg Dykeman gets called up from Iowa to Chicago and they stick him out in right field and they say, you're going to play every day. Show us what you're going to do because you're on the 40-man roster anyway. You might as well be playing for the Major League Club. However, it didn't make sense to necessarily rush him up, let the Cubs get some looks at him in Iowa in a lower-pressure, lower-stress scenario. How's his arm? Does he hit the cutoff man? How is he going first to third? Is he actually a leadoff man? He's done it fairly well in Iowa. Um, so yeah, when the Cubs call up a player, make sure it makes sense first. Jorge Mateo was recently designated for assignment by San Diego. Despite the trade deadline having passed, it's still completely okay, completely legitimate, completely done to trade minor league players. You can trade minor league players. You can trade designated for assignment players. You can't trade them for major league talent, though. So, Jorge Mateo is an outfielder who is very good defensively, very quick, can play center, can play all three outfield positions, but he can definitely play center. Eh, not so sure about the arm and right, but he can play right. And he is attracting some attention from Cubs fans as far as it would be a good idea for the Cubs to select him in waivers. Um, 
place a claim for him in waivers. Now, there are, as usual with DFA players, there are a few options. One, you can say, nah, pass, we're not interested in this guy. Mateo would have to be on the major league roster, which doesn't really seem like it would be a huge problem. Uh, he would probably... Well, it'd be nice to see Janeshwi Fargus get some playing time. If Janeshwi Fargus could get some playing time, then the Cubs would have a better idea if Janeshwi Fargus is a player that they want to hang on to or not. But um, Jorge Mateo, the Cubs could either pass on him, make an offer to trade for him, or place a claim for him uh, if he goes through waivers. I would imagine San Diego will trade Mateo. I doubt they will run him through waivers. They will find someone who will offer a um, minor league talent for him. And then what ends up happening is the Cubs are on the reverse side of the trade deadline. If San Diego is shopping Jorge Mateo, they are calling all 30 teams, as Jed Hoyer was calling all 30 teams, 29. Um, are you interested in Jorge Mateo? Are you interested in Jorge Mateo? Are you interested in Jorge Mateo? Etc. 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 And of the six teams that are interested in Jorge Mateo, which player are you willing to surrender to add Jorge Mateo? Which player in the Cubs minor league system should the Cubs be interested in trading to obtain Jorge Mateo? I'm not entirely sure, but Jorge Mateo would be an interesting get for the Cubs. Um, I'd be good with it as long, if it's on waivers. That would be perfectly acceptable. Um, probably they could... Well, I think the thirty nine the the forty man roster is now at thirty nine, so they don't have to make any moves. Rowan Wick is approaching ready. Um, the Romine that's the catcher, is that Austin? I think it's Austin Romine. He's about ready to come back, so either or both of them might be added to the roster at some point soon. And then you start looking at other players. Uh, is Greg Schwindel worth keeping around? Is Janeshwi Fargus worth keeping around? Is Adam Morgan worth keeping around? All the players. Who is the guy on, your, on the bottom of your totem as far as who should be the guy to go? And would that player be worth giving up to add Jorge Mateo? Um, Strategy, strategy, strategy. There is still strategy even if the team is playing horrible, which right now, by all accounts, they are. Um, the winning percentage is now down to 472. The Cubs are in 10th place. Detroit passed them at 477. They are 11th. The Washington Nationals are at 458. Eight, they are in ninth place. Then uh, eighth place, the Rockies four three nine, the Marlins four three zero are in seventh. The Royals at four two nine are in sixth. 
it's going to be interesting the last two months watching to see how the Cubs winning percentage does, especially since it really doesn't seem like the front office cares. The front office almost seems to care more about losing because if you lose, if the Cubs lose, they get better draft choices. If the Cubs lose, they draft sooner and have more money to spend. I I, I don't know. It's uh you, you can get as salty and cynical as you want regarding this kind of stuff, but regarding strategy, it's not necessarily going to be about must call up best available player, must obtain best available player, because must win games. These are not must win games. They just simply are not must win games. They are games that are on the schedule that will be played. There will be strategy. Much of the strategy will more regard 2022 and 2023 than 2021. Will these specific individual players be worth hanging on to into the future? And if they are, then bring them in. That's why C is being the strategy now. Not um, can the Cubs win two of three against the Brewers in the upcoming series. That's how I see it. Be safe. Be nice to others. And... It's different now that there's not a trade deadline looming, isn't it? Have a great day.